0: free tote bag. My name is Arthur, and I'm on the Buffalo Wild Wings diet. My
1: name is Donovan, and
0: my sinuses are filled with Bonnaroo dust. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick listener poll. Uh, just go on go on Twitter and, and uh, uh, what is it? So, like, like this tweet if you want to hear about the Buffalo Wild Wings diet first, or if you want to hear uh, the Rue dust. We're just going to... Hold on, I'm going to... Okay, the tweet's out, so like... All right, um, we have the results, and it's Bonnaroo Dust. Bonnaroo Dust is first. <laughs>
1: oh, our listeners are so quick, They're so man. fucking it's fast.
0: Good. I love how it's quick impressive. they are. I, I love your ability to tweet back in time, too. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are powerful. <laughs> I'm going to have to actually send that tweet out on the account, too, for comedy. But we have to.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I just got back from Bonnaroo. Yeah. Uh, like, I was in Nashville before, so I had to fly in this time, so my body is completely dead, Thanks. and uh you know how it goes. You just get dirt kind of in everything over the course of the weekend, so I've just been shooting out snot rockets that are just pretty brown, Ooh. and uh you get that, that bond of flu just kind of week after. You just kind of feel like you got some sort of cold or something. Uh so that's how I'm feeling, but it was it was a good time. I got to run around and deadlift strangers and see <laughs> childish Gambino and Death Heaven. So that was
0: tight. Did uh, Gambino do "This Is America"?
1: Yes, as one of his is one of his last songs, oh, and people yeah. went fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, he had like a whole he had like a whole choir on stage. Oh, fuck. Uh, like a full-on fucking band
0: playing it, really cool visuals. I think that was my favorite show of the weekend. I, I don't
1: even know him that well,
0: and I was real into it. I mean, clearly neither do I, because I'm all excited about his big recent hit. But
1: <laughs> same. That's a that's a kick-ass sign. It's so fucking it's, great. It's
0: understandable. That okay, explain
1: explain this um, this buffalo
0: diet. you has right.
1: been eating a lot of a lot of bison.
0: <laughs> well. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe like right after I started it, so this might, oops, sadness factory. So It was like right after I started working there. Um, I started noticing these like raised, like bumpy patches on my knuckles. They're like dry skin, but it was like dark. And I was looking at them. I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. I bet they'll go away. So I started putting lotion on them and trying to, you know, just do your regular dry skin regimen thing. And they weren't fucking going away. And then I got a scrape on my leg uh, about a month ago, a little over a month ago. It still hasn't healed. And I'm like, oh, this is this is making a pretty strong case for my blood sugar being all fucking wacky. Uh, so I, I'm thinking I probably got the pre-diabetes. Very excited about that. My lifestyle's finally catching up with me. Uh, woo! Yeah, woo, consequences. So... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been looking for, you know, I still, I'm kind of like a fucking fat shit and I just want to eat garbage. Uh, so I have to look for like low carb garbage now. And I found out that, uh, see how many wings is that? That 14 chicken wings at uh Buffalo wild wings is seven grams of carbs. I'm like, hell yeah, this is acceptable. So I've been, I've been on the <laughs> fucking Buffalo wild wings diet. Just like heading down there every chance I get to fucking smash a plate of wings. That and like uh, I found this thing. They're called veggie pops. Uh, they're like a little ball of kale and dried cauliflower and shit, and they got salt and cheese on them. And uh, they're very low carb. And added bonus, they look like dank nugs of weed. <laughs> so you feel like you're just, you feel like you're just like <laughs> popping nugs in your mouth. It's very funny. <laughs> Small
1: small tangent to that. I don't I don't really smoke, but I can appreciate the the look of weed. Sure. And uh, I always just want to eat the nuggets. <laughs> so I think I'd be into those too. They just they look they look crispy and delicious, my yeah, man. They really do. Maybe I gotta get on this too. Well, that yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, but, but my understanding of if that's a thing that's like just kind of showing up, that's like a reversible thing, right? It's not like you're you're fucking
0: trapped. So yeah. I'm trying to be proactive about it. Uh I'm gonna see if I can fucking find some time to exercise, which really means uh I have to figure out like it's not about finding time, it's about fucking doing it. Uh so I gotta get exercising. And uh I'm already making changes to my to my diet just proactively before I'm diagnosed with anything, so maybe maybe I caught it in time.
1: We'll I, I bet you did. I bet you did. If anybody listening has experience with that too, if I can hit us up and uh, give old give old Arthur some tips, hell yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's that's uh, no fun. Yeah, no. But shit, your, if your reaction to it is being proactive about it, then that's that's not a bad sign. Yeah, it'd be real easy to be like,
0: well, it
1: happened. Let's double down.
0: Right. I'm a. I'm really not enthusiastic about losing my eyesight and feet. So, uh. <laughs> Let's not let's not descend into into the depths of type 2 diabetes. Let us let us not. Yeah, cuz uh eyes and
1: feet, man, that's important. How would you that's read a... these questions and how would you uh, you know, type up social media updates with
0: your toes as you're known to do? As I am known to do. Yeah. It'd be difficult.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, we will we'll make both of us feel better. What's we'll, that? we'll rescue our rotting bodies. What is that it? would be diving into the depths.
0: Of these questions. Fuck yeah. My 23F boyfriend's 25M dad, old M, <laughs> has, <laughs> has started hanging out, the, hanging out at the club where I dance. This feels really weird, and I don't know what to do. I'm a dancer. Okay, I'm a stripper. There. I've been seeing my boyfriend for three months. He is super sweet and fun to be around, and he's very respectful of me and doesn't mind my current job. And I think we have a good future ahead of us. About a month ago, I met his family. His parents are divorced, so I met his mom and dad separately. When we first met his mom, I asked him what I should say if she asks what I do. My BF's answer was basically, tell her whatever you want. I'm not worried. I figured it would be good to just be straightforward and get it out of the way. So when mom asked, I told her. She seemed a little surprised, but got over it quick and was perfectly fine and friendly. A couple weeks after that, I met his dad. BF and and Dad have a pretty strained relationship, and the only reason we went over is for his brother's graduation party. The subject of what I do came up, and I figured I'd just say it again since it went well with Mom. Dad was less cool about it. He made a couple minor comments and mostly avoided me until we left. When I told my BF what happened, he apologized and just said his dad's opinion on anything doesn't concern him much. That was all fine and dandy until a couple weeks ago, after I was at work and spotted... Dad, in the club. I'm pretty good at separating work and regular life, but that was a hit a little too close to home, so I tried to avoid him for the rest of the night. I'm not sure if he saw me or not. I know he got a dance, and the girls mentioned he was a bad tipper. Ah, Fuck this dude. Uh, Not sure if relevant, but it didn't help my opinion of him. And I don't know if he deliberately came to mind, somehow figured out where I worked, or if it was a fluke. I saw him again a week after that. We locked eyes at one point. It seemed like he was watching me all night, but he never said anything. Same story. Got a dance or two tipped poorly and left. Then this weekend, he came in for a third time. He still hasn't talked to me, still tips bad from what I've heard, still seemed to follow me with his eyes all night. I'm weirded out. I have had my share of creepy old dudes, but this is too close to home for me. And anything I hear about the guy tells me he is not the type to go to a club or respect anyone who does so why is he suddenly hanging out here and I haven't told my boyfriend because I have a policy of not saying a word about it if it happened to see someone I know in the club but maybe I should I'm not sure how he'd take it boyfriend really doesn't like his dad much and I kind of see why uh what to do say something to boyfriend or let it ride and continue to avoid him I like the club I work at because I've always done a pretty good job of keeping an atmosphere where the girls can feel pretty comfortable. And I don't like that it's getting ruined because it makes me not comfortable. Help! TLDR boyfriend's dad started hanging out at the club where I work and seems to stare at me the whole night. Creeps me out. What should I do? And that was posted by This Cherry.
1: Oof. What a fucking creep indeed. Yo. We don't. We don't like this. Um, I mean, I just get right to it. I don't. I don't particularly care. I wouldn't concern myself too much what the motive is here because there's not really any motive that's not creepy. Right. You know, it's not like he was like, oh, I just want to support my son's girlfriend and her line of work. (laughs) Right. Like this is this is weird. The fucking constant eyeballing. That's that's fucking harassment. Yeah. And uh, you you just you got to get him you got to get a banned or dissuaded from coming in one way or the other. Right. I say you tell your boyfriend, because this isn't just some random person, this is his dad, and you might not know the details, but seems to be a shitty dude, given that they don't really talk much. Right. Um, you know, maybe if he can, if you can get him to talk to him and be like, this is fucking unacceptable, stay out of, you know, this club, maybe that'll work, Um but by the sound of this dude you might just have to go all the way you know talk to the management or the bouncers and be like here's the story with this dude it's creeping me the fuck out can we like permanently 86 this guy absolutely but, but basically you just got to you got to get this fucker blocked from there don't don't engage with the motives i wouldn't talk to him directly you know something something shady and weird is going on here and this is it your fucking place of work you shouldn't yeah. have to deal with this yeah
0: i feel like you're in fucking danger Like, I think that this, like, this whole thing where he's not, he doesn't engage with you, he doesn't talk to you, he just fucking follows you all night, I think he's working up the courage to fucking find you in the parking lot with a tire iron or some shit. This seems really dangerous and fucked up to me. Uh, so, definitely, 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 uh, speak to your boyfriend, be like, this is super fucked up, I'm not exactly sure what you want to do with it, but I would like it if you could tell him to stop, um... The other thing, somebody mentioned in the comments uh, uh, pretty sure uh, she can ask the bouncers to toss him. Making girls uncomfortable is usually a quick trip to the door, and OP has a super valid reason, says Ruval. So, I think that's probably a thing to do. Just get him removed from the fucking club, maybe he'll get the idea. Um, And, you know, let let the staff know what's going on. Definitely make sure everyone's on the same page with you. Um, And we'll see if uh, if anything can get done about that. Um, I mean, the, the other option would be to find a new club to dance at, but like, if he found you this time, maybe he'll find you there. I don't fucking know. Uh, you shouldn't have to change your life because this dude wants to be a fucking creepazoid. Um, so I don't know. Fucking best of luck making things work out.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely don't uproot your shit. That's, that's not fair to you. You know, this is already crappy enough to deal with as is. Um, He's a fucking bad tipper too. Yeah, like it's not like he's in there, you know, spending all this money and shit. And like they don't want to lose this customer. This dude's, you know, creepy, and a fucking bad tipper.
0: Yeah, there's so no reason I, to I, keep
1: him there. I, yeah, I, I I think you'll be set on being able to have him being able to have him banned. Um, but definitely, definitely let them both know. Because like you said, you know, the, the, what if he is fucking lurking in the parking lot or something? This is stalking behavior. So you want everybody who you work with, you know, to know to keep an eye out for this creep. And you definitely want your boyfriend knowing, too, because I don't know, maybe he's got a better thought about the the motives himself. Um, you know, maybe there's some bad blood between them. So he's trying yeah. to fuck with his son by fucking with you. Yeah. Again, motive doesn't matter so much. It's just very important that you've got that support system in place from your, your coworkers
0: workers uh, and from your boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, let's see user Arisan or Arisian says most clubs are happy to keep out people you know IRL for a number of reasons
1: <laughs> yeah this is a, I, I mean I'm not a I've never been to a strip club uh, I, I just can't I can't imagine that that's like a thing that's never happened before right. you know there, this has got to be a pretty common thing and I assume like if you're going to you want to be able to keep your fucking you know dancers around you gotta be watching out for him so yeah you know it's it's not like this is fucking unheard of just to be like especially with this legit of reasons and the fucking evidence of this dude you know keep be, keeps being there uh i i feel like you'd be able to do that no problem
0: yeah i'm i got a little lost in this comment too uh let's see it's a little long but i think it might be worth it uh user iokane underscore says So, there's a lesson to us ladies who have to learn in our 20s, what's an appropriate boundary and what's not. Systemically, we're trained to be meek and docile when a man is in our space, but let me tell you that is exactly why you need to set boundaries, because predatory men will cross them over and over again until they've got you where they want you. He knows you haven't told your boyfriend yet, and he's counting on this from you. The first night was a test to see what you do. Now that it's hits three, he's implicitly understanding that you approve of his behavior, and you need to do some damage control immediately. I understand that you're trying to respect the boundaries of people you know when they're coming to your place of business, but this dude has already crossed yours, and you know it. You can get in front of this, but you need to do it now. By telling your boyfriend what happened and how it made you feel, you are protecting yourself and allowing him the opportunity to weigh in on a situation that absolutely affects him. Uh, It might not be the easiest to show him, or it said it might just be easiest to show him your post. Good luck.
1: Bingo. Yeah, it's, it's not like this is just some friend of a friend and you're trying to protect their privacy or something. Right. This dude is actively stalking and creeping on you. And, uh, yeah, don't let him take advantage of, you know, bullshit uh, societal conditioning of women to, to keep you in this uncomfortable place and, and do whatever the creepy shit is that he's he's trying to do. Yeah. Get him out. Maybe hit him with a tire iron. Yeah. Or call us up. You know, we'll, we'll come on down there
0: and uh, knock him down. 200 bucks, I think, was the going rate, which feels low to me, but we'll do it.
1: We'll do it. This is,
0: you know, this is for a good cause.
1: (laughs) Charity beating. (laughs) There you go. RFTB charity beatings. Give us a call. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, I got some good news for you, Arthur. What is it? Uh, in our in our time since we've been gone and in the time of our last episode, we got a couple questions in the question box here. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions, making statements? Us who asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking
0: all them questions? Making statements. Us uh-huh. who
1: Yes, it is anonymous question to box time. Folks, if you are not familiar or have if you have forgotten. Uh, We've got our anonymous question box where you can throw your questions in. We'll read them on the show and respond to them. You don't have to make an account. Literally just a little text box. You type your question in and press send, and then we get it. And then we read it. And uh, if you're trying to find the link to that box, you can go on our Instagram profile at Radio Free Tote Bag. It's in the bio. Click it there. Or just go right on our website, RadioFreeToteBag.podient.co. Uh, look at the little bar on the bottom. I think it is. It says uh, ask a question or something along those lines. Click that. Click the link. Go ahead and type it on in. Get up in there. Get up in there. We uh, we love to answer them. Favorite part of the So show? uh, it, it is. It is. And uh, we got a we got a pretty big one this week. I think we should start with. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and get into it. Um, a friend of mine has these weird fights with her boyfriend, and I don't know what to tell her. He is 80% of the time super helpful and kind and loving. But every now and then, when he is stressed or she is unhappy, he becomes this huge douche knuckle. (laughs) In both cases, he becomes super cold towards her, totally avoids being near her, and straight up tells her to stop talking and or feeling. Yikes. Yeah. Like recently, she went on a family trip and had a bad time. When she came home upset about it, He told her, Well, it was your choice to go, stop being sad before the kids see you, and walked away. Also, the last time work was stressful for him, they stopped having sex and even stopped doing small things with her, like watch TV or go to bed together. Mm. I want her to leave this guy, but she insists that he is great so often that she just has to learn how to forgive him when he is like this. The same way she hopes he forgives her when she gets overly emotional. I don't think those two things are comparable, especially since she actually acknowledges that her faults are faults, and he doesn't. Also, her crying isn't nearly as awful as him becoming a neglectful robot like he does. What would you say to a friend in this situation?
0: I would say... um, uh, get into couples therapy as soon as you possibly can. This is the kind of thing that I think can be solved with that type of therapy relatively easily like I, I think that this can be remedied that way if that's not available to you I've recently become very cognizant of this fact because I don't have no fucking health insurance I can't afford it you know what I mean somebody tells me we'll just go to the doctor <laughs> okay yeah all right sure no problem all over it um, <laughs> so you know barring that like a couple I think a couple's counselor could whip this shit into shape like no problem uh, but barring that, you're going to have to make it known to him how it makes you feel when he goes robot mode on you. Um, it sounds to me like she just kind of just kind of takes it. You know what I mean? He goes he goes into this robotic sort of situation and doesn't do these things for her. And it seems like she just tries to bear it. Like you got to make your feelings known to your partner. Like in a, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of situations making your feelings clear about a situation can only help.
1: I I think part of this too, is that this guy, you know, sounds like he's stressed and fucking depressed. And so, and this isn't an excuse for it. I think this is just kind of the explanation. Yeah. And so when, you know, she gets upset and needs support, he sees it as just like additional weight on him and say, so gets all whining, whiny and dismissive about it. Yeah. And, Obviously, that's, that's fucked up and that's not how you're supposed to, you know, you, you need to actually be there for your partner. Um, so I, I, I think part of it, too, is just solving the, the root of that for him, you know, which might yeah. be getting him to be more expressive and not just shutting down when this shit happens, getting into some kind of therapy to deal with this. And also, this one, I think, stems from that, too, but he, he seems to be. He seems to have convinced you, or not you, OP, but this friend of yours um, that, like, she is being a burden by speaking her, her thoughts, and that's somehow a fault with her, that she gets upset. Like, that's a problem that she has, that she gets upset about shitty things that happen to her, Yeah, and, and that's fucking bogus, man. Yeah. You, you should be able to go to your partner when you're feeling down, and you should be supported when that happens and, and not made to feel like you're just being some kind of pain in the ass, so... Yeah yeah f- fuck this dude currently he's being a fucking an asshole yeah. um you know but again if you got you got kids here you're trying to keep this together you know you it, things have been good and, and fine before you know, this could just stem out of this depression or stress or whatever he's going through and i think fixing that at its at its source and as well as just you know getting him to understand that he's being shitty by dismissing your concerns and he, he needs to be there for you too um like, like I said, Arthur, I think doing that through some sort of couples counseling could help you work through that and get, get back on your feet, you know, as
0: a support system for each other. Absolutely. Absolutely the case. Fuck, dude. Uh, I wish your friend all the best. And, um, I think you, I think you've done all you can. Like you, uh, you know, you've explained to her, you're like, you know, this really isn't cool of him to do, uh, and he, you know, she gave you this this kind of, you know, maladaptive reasoning. Like it's not helping her any to just be like, oh, I should just forgive him, uh, forgive him these things. Cause, you know, you gotta put in you gotta put in the effort. It doesn't sound like he's putting in the effort on this relationship. No, not at all.
1: I, I would say too, you, you as a friend, you know, I'd, I'd bring up kind of these potential solutions. We we said. But also like validate her concerns and, you know, make sure she's getting it from somebody else. Cause all she's hearing from him is like, this, these are your problems. These are faults that you're complaining about. I'm like, it's a problem that you are expressing yourself. You gotta, you know, as a friend validate to her that like, no, man, you're, you know, your concerns and your frustrations here are fucking valid. You know, you went on this family trip and it was fucking terrible. Like it's worth feeling bad about that. People should be there to support you you know it isn't it isn't on you it isn't a problem with you for expressing that you feel crappy about those things absolutely
0: absolutely
1: there you go validation encouragement to get into some therapy uh i I think that's going to be the move and just kind of supporting her and kind of checking in with her to make sure that you know she tries to push for that in the relationship and uh If that doesn't work, if this guy is just still being completely fucking detached and refused to do any work on this, uh, you might have to, you know, go out to Costco, get one of those industrial-sized air horns, and, uh, (laughs) you know, give it to her as a half-birthday gift.
0: (laughs) Very good. Hey, 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 Donovan. What's up? There's a, there's an evolving situation going on in our, in our question box, and it's, it's, oh, it's begun to escalate. Um... (laughs) You want uh, to give a little context on this one? Sure. Uh, many weeks ago, we had—was it a Reddit question? Or no? It was. It was in the. It was in the box. Somebody it was, was in l- the box. Somebody was like, "Hey, my boyfriend wants to pee in my butt. Are there any dangers associated with this? Uh, and also, what's the best way to do it?" I was like, "Probably. Uh, you know, pee is kind of acidic, and your butthole is pretty sensitive, so you probably get like a rash in your butthole. That sounds bad. <laughs> but if you really want to do it, use a speculum. That's what I told him." That seems
1: good practical advice. I think that's
0: good practical advice. Uh, in recent weeks, let's see what when oh where was it? Uh, on the thirtieth of of May, somebody posted, "How do I come out to my family as an ass pee enthusiast?" Uh, our advice there, uh, with our good friend Lake Markham, was, "Don't <laughs> like you can <laughs> you can keep some things private, uh, and not you know run the risk of." of of this happening because my parents kicked me out of the house because I told them I liked peeing in ass. What should I do now? Build a fucking time machine, dude. That's all you can do.
1: <laughs> Build a time machine and, and go listen to listen to the f- good folks on Radio Free Tote Bag uh, and their good friend Bald Internet Man. Yeah. And uh, don't tell your parents that you've been peeing. You've had, you know, pee in your booty or you've put pee in somebody else's booty.
0: Yeah. Like... Listen, we do this fucking show to help people out. If they don't do the thing that we like suggest we do, that ain't on us. It's not exactly. like we gave you the help you needed. My parents kicked me out of the house because I told them I'm like peeing ass. We fucking told you not to tell them.
1: And then you did. And then you did. We can only get you part of the way there. We we cannot hold your hand all the way through. You know this this ass pissing trilogy, <laughs> That's or right. what has become a trilogy. That's right. So. <sighs> Here's what you, here's what you do though. Okay. Here's what you do though. Let's hear it. Uh, you know how they got kind of communes out there in the world? Sure. You know, people band together. They run a little community farm. You know, everybody collectively owns the the land and the you know the places that they're living. Um, if you go out uh, about halfway between Las Vegas and Bakersfield, California, yeah. there's a there's a small little village called the. Uh, what was it, Mitur, Mituranus, Mitchuranus. Uh, something along those lines. Uh-huh. Old, uh, old Harbor Town, the lake has long since dried up. Um, but in the midst of that kind of desert expanse, there is a, a small settlement uh, where the people there are, are, are bringing liquid back to the land, not in the sense that they're you know, re-irrigating this empty, dry lake bed, but in the sense that they're irrigating each other's buttholes with pee as a community. Uh, uh, uh. So if you've you've been kicked out of your parents' place, I suggest you drive on out there to the, uh, you know, Miturinus Miturinus town, Miturinusville, and uh, find your home, you know, amongst your kind, and uh, help contribute to that cause. 'Cause, Because, you know... Word on the street is when, when they finally reach, you know, a million gallons of ass piss, mm. uh, the lake will actually return and the, uh, you know, the little fish will be flopping around and uh, the economy of the town will return to its former glory. So, you know, this could be a blessing in disguise. You you could help, you know, save this little corner uh, of our beautiful U.S. of A. Yeehaw!
0: <laughs> I, ser- I Google searched Mitch Arena's. See if I can find what the fuck you were talking about. I put in M-I-C-H-E-R-A-N-U-S. Because that's phonetically what it is. I got two results. First of which is from a website called usasexguide.nl. And I immediately immediately got very excited. I was like, holy fuck, this place is real! (laughs) It's like, there's a fucking ass piss commune between Bakesfield and Las Vegas! But, uh... Looking at the the you know Google has the little like there's text from the website below the the URL there, uh, uh-huh. it just says it's like a sentence fragment. Communion of cocks now leading the masses in prayer for semen salvation, singing "Amazing Grace" <laughs> on the meat mic. Her <laughs> anus is now the dot dot dot.
1: That that could be it. My, my understanding is it. that they. They reduced their internet process, uh, presence a little bit before the, uh, you know, the the great urine cullings of uh, 2004. <laughs> so that might that might be a remnant of that. But my understanding is they've gone pretty off the grid out there.
0: You know, it was it was really a shame when the urine culling came.
1: <laughs> it really was. I'm sure you remember seeing that in the news, folks. I don't mean to bring back some old pains. You know, I think our country collectively died a little bit that day but uh you know yeah. you op in the question box you could go back there and, and and redeem you know that that corner of the world so there hasn't been uh, i don't <laughs> think this kicking out of the house is an ending i think i think it's really a new beginning
0: <laughs> there hasn't been a public production of the musical you town since 2004 <laughs> ever since the calling <laughs> urine in town's great by uh, the way. I love that musical. It's very good.
1: Uh the year is twenty twenty. Ass
0: pissing is now illegal. <laughs> oh man. Better get your zobber out. Go fucking yeah. meet Hoops Barkley in the fucking in the piss afterworld. <laughs>
1: oh boy. Oh, Alright, go go save the world, OP, and uh maybe maybe end this sad trilogy with a, a beautiful uh quadrilogy. Yeah. Is that a, is that a word?
0: It is now. Fuck.
1: Yeah, that's that's a word.
0: What do you say well, about it? Fucking re- like read the next. go read the next one, please.
1: Okay. Please go. Okay. Oh hold on.
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, this suggestion. Or that Bono dust. It is, man. O, old Bono Dono. <laughs>
1: Uh Oh, I had something else to say. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like my voice has gotten progressive, progressively crustier as life goes on. Maybe like Maybe each festival cycle with all the fucking dirt that gets clogged up there, like at some point it's going to get so deep it's going to be imperceptible. I'm just, uh, just throwing that prediction out there.
0: I like it. All right. Like you'd have to put your well, ear hey, up sh- to your chest to fucking hear what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just
1: stick me in the chest with like a bass cable, plug it into an amplifier, you know, have some sort of effect on there that, that brings the frequencies up a little bit, strap that to recording. my back like a backpack, and, uh, and then I have to face backwards into the microphone when we record. <laughs> Not ideal. Not ideal. Okay. Okay. Should I start reading this question? Yeah, please. (laughs) Okay. Should I, 23F, give up this habit that I've been told makes me quote-unquote impossible to date? In the words of Creed Bratton, I'm a pretty normal guy is crossed out. Girl, I like to do one weird thing and that's hang out in cafes slash coffee shops for an absurd amount of time. I'll get up early in the morning and pack myself a little backpack with my water bottle, a snack, my laptop, a book, and all my schoolwork, and then walk four to six miles to whichever coffee shop I'm vibing with. I will then camp out there for the next nine to ten hours, and then I walk home. This takes up my entire day, and I do it four to five times a week. As a huge introvert, I love being in a social environment where I'm not expected to converse with anyone, and it gets me walking about 30 miles a week. Nice. And before anyone gets mad that I'm wasting their resources, I buy coffee and food throughout my time there. The water and snack is just for the long walk there and back.
0: That was a nice I think it poem. might be. The water I and snack was just too. there for the long walk there and back. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think it might be tied
1: to some sort of mental problem, uh, but that's not the point of this post. Whenever I start a new relationship, I am very upfront about my habit, and they never seem to have a problem at the time. But it eventually starts to annoy them as they feel like I'm not spending enough time with them. I always invite my partners to come with. I'd love the company, but no one ever wants to spend that much time in a coffee shop. This problem has ended most of my relationships. And it's really frustrating for me, as this isn't something I want to give up, because it keeps me from going crazy. As I said before, I'm extremely introverted. If I don't go out, I just sit at home the whole day, because I have no friends, and I slowly lose my mind. Should I just suck it up for the sake of my relationship, or have I just not found the right person yet? I don't know if it matters, but I'm bisexual, and I've been with boys, girls, whatever, and all of them have had problems with it. Reposted because I forgot the TLDR. Oh, okay. TLDR. I have a habit that takes up most of my week, and my SOs hate it. Should I give it up, or have I just not found the right person yet? And that was posted
0: by Crazy Does It. There are people in this world that do this thing you're describing. You are one of them. It has always baffled me. I <laughs> don't fucking understand it, even a little bit. Uh, like just just being in public for that long for no fucking reason like i live for the like pop out get lunch you know uh fucking you know return a library book and i'm back home bing bang boom i like running errands this is like an errand that you run for 10 hours i don't understand it at all uh and fucking like i don't know man just like wait at the fucking coffee shop for some you know meet make eyes with somebody that's there for six hours you know you show up at like fucking noon right and, uh, you know, they roll in about, like, 2.30, and then it's, like, 9 o'clock. Just go fucking walk up to them and be like, hey, uh, I noticed you fucking been here all day, you creepy weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: you I'm a creepy weirdo, too.
0: Yeah, then you guys are talking. There's, like, a whole class of, like, coffee shop goer that spends just a like, incredible amount of time in the coffee shop. Like, there's a whole class of people that does that. And if uh, they're, they're fucking out there, you're going to find somebody that's, like, way down to, like, I don't know, hike 12 miles in a day to spend 10 hours at a coffee shop. This is insane to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, same. I, I like camping in coffee shops, too. Um, but one, I'm not going to walk fucking six miles to it and then six miles back. And I don't typically stay there for ten hours. Like it, it, unless there's, you know, like in college you had these fucking finals coming up. You know, you get out of the house and it kind of removes some distractors. It, you get to chill in public a little bit. Like I feel that. Um, but not not to the degree of of doing this every single day. So yeah, like like Arthur's saying, I say you find, you know, your other your other fucking uh coffee shop weirdo and shack up with them. Or you know, Alternatively, maybe you try to address the root of this problem that, that has you doing this for this long, because this, this definitely seems like some kind of obsession. This yeah. doesn't seem particularly healthy to me. And I know, like, nothing in here, you know, you're fucking walking, that's good, you're getting shit done, that's also good. But, like, what are you doing with the rest of your fucking time? Like, I can't imagine you have much time to do shit besides... You know, walk, drink coffee, and sleep. Walk, drink uh, coffee, go to classes. That's all this person does. Pretty much. And and that's not sustainable. And I I think, you know, there's a subset of people who get depressed, and kind of their way of dealing with it is is shit like this, where they just throw themselves into their work in some capacity. You know, they kind of just, it's a way of avoiding it to some extent. Yeah. You know, if you're out there, you know, you're at this coffee shop, you're, you're getting work done, or you're fucking walking, or. Yeah, but, it, but it keeps you out of kind of dealing with, you know, the day-to-day life things um, th- that you need to. And, you know, that includes fucking forming relationships, or maybe seeking therapy, or, or, or just having a more diverse set of interests. Like, it seems like you've just kind of reached this this comfortable point, and, and it's working for you. Um, but I, I, I don't think unless I'm completely wrong about this, I I think just finding somebody else to do this with, you're just going to be locked into the same routine. I just, I can't imagine that this is very healthy. Yep. So I I think, you know, you said you didn't want to talk about the uh, mental problem part of this, but that's, that's the main component here, I think. And I, I think you got to address that. And, you know, I, I'm not saying never spend time in a coffee shop again, but just moderate this a, a little bit, And take some time to have some fucking friendships and relationships and address whatever these mental issues uh, are that that you're dealing with.
0: Yeah. So so the the crowd here on Our Relationships, the general tenor of the comments, goes something like this. A therapist can help you curb this obsession and channel it into activities that are better for your mental health. says throwaway D4326. And, like, most of this person's responses to that are like, This one's so telling to me, it's insane. This shows somebody with, like, absolutely no self-awareness. They say, everyone says it's unhealthy to not have friends and be alone and spend all day in a coffee shop, but I don't understand why. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I live my whole life not having friends and throwing all my energy into work and school. Other than struggling in romantic relationships, my life has been just fine. I think I don't think your life is just fine. I think you're struggling, and that's you know sad. And you can get you can break out of this fucking uh, rut. You can start doing some other things.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think things are fine either. You've just normalized yourself, and like I said, you know this this keeps things going, but this is fucking avoidance. Uh, of developing kind of the rest of your life and you know even if you don't recognize that you know i i, I think it just is you know i know extreme introverts i could be pretty introverted sometimes sure. but like i i don't know many who just flat out have no friends you know yeah yeah you you need some kind of support system in your life you you need to be around some people You know, who aren't just strangers that you have no investment or risk in, you know, that you're sitting with in this coffee shop. Uh, Again, I I think you're using this as just kind of a replacement or or a bandage for having, you know, actual social relationships and, and addressing your problems. So. Find find a way to do that, man. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna feel shitty because you're gonna be like, "This was working." Now I feel like garbage because I have to you know, work on building these things. But I, I guarantee, in the long run, you know, if you do want a relationship, um, you're gonna you're gonna need something different than this.
0: Yeah. yeah, I uh, I fear for you, and I hope you can figure out the fuck you're supposed to do. Because <laughs> I don't know. I just can't, I just can't imagine you at you know. Like 55 alone, never having a meaningful relationship or friends and just, you know, being that fucking gargoyle in the corner at the coffee shop. That seems so fucked up and sad to me.
1: Yeah. And I don't think deep down, I don't think, I don't think you would love that. I I think you would feel more fulfilled balancing, you know, balancing this, this kind of alone time, um, you know, with maybe just a, a small amount of close friendships and relationships uh, but you've got to address the root cause of all this before you get to that point. Absolutely.
0: Whew. Tweef.
1: I'm exhausted from, from that walk to and from the coffee shop. Arthur, what's
0: <laughs> what's up next? It's a long one. How appropriate is it for me, 23F, to ask my unemployed boyfriend, 34M, to run errands for me during the day? And I mean things that are just for me, like picking up my prescription from the pharmacy, Or picking up my cat's prescription from the cat pharmacy. Or or mailing a package I need to send. We live together, so without asking, he's picked up the bulk of any errands pertaining to the whole household that we can't get done together on the weekend. Our chores are split up more more or less 50-50 right now, and I don't want to upset the balance or make him resent me by asking him to do errands that don't even benefit him. But I also feel bad because he spends his days doing productive stuff, like applying for jobs networking slash interviewing slash badgering recruiters etc yard work entertaining our puppy streaming on his twitch channel home improvement etc and I don't want to stress him out by making him do my stuff on top of his own but at the same time I have nine hour workdays and spend an hour or more commuting each way so everything is closed during the hours I'm not at work. So I really just have my lunch hour to get that sort of shit done and it's not possible on the weekend. PLDR I work a lot my b f is unemployed but busy, but definitely pulls his weight or more. Is it unfair for me to ask him to do my personal errands? posted by hello me underscore it's me again ah, uh, thought that was a weird spelling of megan hello me it's
1: me again <laughs> it's Megan <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't I don't think this is particularly out of the question nah. um. The yeah, the only thing though is like in the long run when he doesn't seem to be just fool out sitting around you know he's actively looking for a job. Sure. Um, I kind of want you to have a plan for figuring out how to get this shit done when that comes around. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's out of the question. Just make sure you're not saying it to him in a way that's like, "Hey, you lazy piece of shit!" <laughs> exactly. like, I got, I'm working out here. Can you can you get these things done for me? Since you don't have jack shit going on. Um, but I, I I just explain it the way that you would, you know, if he had a job but more time to do this, right? And just be like, hey, I'm getting stressed the fuck out trying to get these errands. You know, I I don't have the time because the store is closed by the time I get off of work. Right. You know, is there any way you could help me a couple times? You know, maybe I'll do I'll pick up something else for you, that, that sort of thing. So sure, I don't very, I don't sure. think even bring the unemployed aspect into exactly. it. Exactly. I I just say you know, cause you are you're fucking stressed out, you're busy. Can you help me out with these things and I don't know. Seems like a pretty stable and good relationship All to right. me. See if we will help you out.
0: Yeah, definitely don't open the first sentence of this conversation with, hey, fuck face, or anything like that. <laughs> like, be, like, you know, hey, babe, um, do you think you could hit the store for me real quick? Just real quick. Go pick up the cat medicine.
1: <laughs> from the cat pharmacy. That
0: was very funny. Picking up <laughs> my prescription from the pharmacy or picking up my cat's prescription from the cat pharmacy.
1: Is <laughs> the pharmacy. It's just pickle in the window.
0: She got a job. Up. Fuck. Yeah. pick. Oh,
1: she did. She did. You press the button and she's like, meow. And you're like, Hey, uh, I need a bottle of cat Xanax. Here's the prescription. And she's like, meow. And Gina just kind of makes that runaway noise. Like, and then runs back into the aisles full of, full of cat medicine. I want that up.
0: to be a thing. <laughs> she goes and you go yep, and you enter your date of birth. Yes. <laughs> oh.
1: <Hiss. laughs> no, come on! Oh, so I've, co- I've, I've, I haven't had time to change my ID yet. I promise <laughs> you, it's valid. Yes. My fucking the
0: coupon won't work. What's happening? <laughs>
1: You're implying this is a fake. I I got this from your website. (laughs) You told me about this coupon last time I was here.
0: Oh, cats would be super bitchy as cashiers. They would not, they would not brook your, they would not, I don't know. I don't know how to fucking construct that sentence. Are you familiar with the phrase, I brook no truck with that? I don't know how to make that a second person thing or a third person. They brook no truck. Well, maybe that's how they would do that. What, that was, what does that mean? That, that was, it means they don't fucking deal with that. They brook no truck. What Brook? Brook no truck. Here it is. We're in the linguistic corner. <laughs> Let's see. I brook no truck with you. It's a double whammy expression that is both brook and truck. <laughs> they have literal meanings as well as figurative meanings. On a literal level the expression makes no sense whatever however figuratively it is' quite an interesting history to be uncovered we're doing we're fucking diving in this linguistic <laughs> corner just tell me what brook means in this context that's okay hold on like a brook like a babbling brook i don't know it's okay see it explains brook after truck man like you need the fucking full context for this thing I'm so goddamn
1: confused, right? Let's now. let's deal let's
0: deal with truck first and then come back to Brooke. Truck comes from the French trucker, which means to barter. So to truck is to become involved with someone or something. This meaning okay. comes this meaning comes from the Middle English word truquien, first used in eleven seventy-five. <laughs> the Mark Twain book, uh The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, was set in Missouri in the eighteen thirties and first published In February 1855, in the novel, Huckleberry Finn says, It was just like I thought. He didn't hold no truck with the likes of me. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's novel, The Sign of the Four, was the second novel, and blah, 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 blah. Hold on. And then
1: it says to, to, something I found, to brook, meaning to tolerate or put up with. Sure. Okay.
0: Okay. I tolerate no barter with you.
1: Yeah, there, there, there we go. This sounds like something that just kind of like there was a French phrase that sounded something like this, and then it got you know anglicized, and, and that's what we got.
0: Yep. I was real confused for a fucking second there. Though. That's linguistic Thanks. corner. Thanks, there's, like a closing, there's a closing stinger for that one. There's no opening stinger because it happens so organically.
1: <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, we'll be back with more <laughs> idioms that I've literally never heard, but apparently exist.
0: Uh, later on. I did go to school for history, so that might explain it.
1: There there we go. Okay, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, ask ask Casca to do it. (laughs) Don't frame him at unemployment. And uh, if you go, if you roll up to the cat pharmacy window and the pharmacist is curled up and asleep in a sunny spot right next to the window, uh, just say cat dinner and and they'll wake up. (laughs) Definitely.
0: All right, on to this fucking next one. Don't even hit me with that.
1: Can, dude? Uh, Does my friend with benefits F twenty have feelings for me? M twenty six. All right, solved it. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Met my crush at a fast food joint two years ago around two a.m. Not a place either of us would normally eat at, but her friends brought her along, and I casually stopped by because it's the only thing open near me after hanging out. I was sitting alone. She sat near me and asked, do we know each other? From there on, we started meeting up for sex once or twice a month. What? Fuck. (laughs) Damn, son. Uh, Everything runs smoothly. She comes to my apartment. We fuck, which is, there's an asterisk for the U for some reason. It's the internet, dude. We fuck. She sleeps over and leaves before I even wake up. Sometimes she'll make breakfast and leave some for me on the counter. Fuck. She never texts me first, but she's always down when I tell her to come to me, even Fridays and Saturdays. She's not super cuddly, but she will sometimes give me a kiss on the cheek before she leaves and thanks me for a great night. <clears throat> I took her out to the movies for the first time one month ago. She sent me a happy birthday text this year. I introduced her to my friends for the first time ever last time I saw her. <sighs> She has never expressly asked me what are we or asked me for a commitment in the past two years, but she has expressed interest in having children eventually. Sex is good and reliable, everything's drama-free so far, so maybe a conversation about our feelings could possibly be premature and we should just enjoy each other's reliable company and good sex for now until we're both a bit older and on the same page in life. Would appreciate any input... Thanks. TLDR, she never calls or texts first, but is enthusiastic when I initiate. She has never brought up the what we are conversation. Ugh. She sometimes makes me breakfast or gives me thoughtful little gifts, but she leaves in the morning before I wake up. Does she have feelings for me, or should I give it more time? And that
0: was posted by I Love You Long Time BB. Why can't anyone in their 20s fucking date anymore? What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. We like fucked for two years and she like met my friends and I took her out to the movies. I just don't, I just don't think it's that serious. Like two, two years of boning. Like, I don't know. Give it a fucking shot. You might find it pretty fucking rewarding to have somebody who's emotionally supportive of you and perhaps you could pull finances with in the future. Like this seems, seems pretty good to me. I don't fucking, I don't fucking understand it. Like, is this the new script? Is this how fucking people do it now? You know, because it used to be you get out of high school, you get a job at a factory, you'd uh, marry somebody when you were 19, you'd squat, you'd like pop out seven kids, and then you die a black lung. Like, that's how it happened. So, but there's new, there's like in every generation, there's a new way that people get together in a new way that people, you know, like perpetuate the species, right? Um yeah is this how it fucking happens now? Like you just have casual sex for two years until you knock her up. And then like, you just pay her child support after you fucking run away from that. Is that how this happens now? I don't understand. Uh, But this, I don't know. The fact,
1: typically I think, you know, when you're hooking up for a long time, I think some relationships do start like that and somebody has got feelings and that kind of crops up. So the fact that, you know, this has been two years you're finally kind of starting to get this feeling. Um, but she's never mentioned anything about it. You know, she's always kind of up in the morning and out. It, it seems like she's cool with us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be curious if she's seeing other people. If she's just not somebody right. who wants to be in a relationship. I mean, she is six years younger than you. Right. You know, you, you, you started hooking up. She's 20. You started hooking up when she was 18, it sounds like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, You know, that, that that's relatively that's relatively young. I don't think, you know, hooking up with people... Uh, on a consistent basis is like too uncommon for that. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I get the sense here that she's fine with the situation. She you know seems to think that you are too, and so there's really no reason you know from her end to to push anything else. Uh, so what this comes down to though is you know if you're into this girl, you you do want to actually date. Just fucking just fucking tell her you know you got you got feelings there, or uh, you you know you bring up the what are we conversation. Yeah. Just just see where she's at here. It's yeah. it's not a hard question to ask. It's been two years. There's clearly some kind of interest there. I don't know, man. But just yeah. I, I I wouldn't be too disappointed if she ends up not into it because again, right. this this seems very deliberate on her part.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And like, if if everyone's cool with it, then that's all that matters, really. I'm just I'm just mystified. Like I don't fucking <laughs> understand. Yeah, man. Or the. Do we know each other
1: from there on we start oh my up for sex once or twice this, a month <laughs>
0: this dude's game has to be fucking insane yeah that's that's a very that's a very quick turnaround do we do we know each other uh you're about to seconds later they're in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean this
1: girl's game too, dude. She just sees True. this guy and is yeah. like he's hot. I'm fucking going for this. Do we it's know two AM and, and the fucking White Castle. Here's yeah. this cute guy. It's gotta be a
0: White Castle too.
1: If I it fucking has to. I I can picture it. But, <laughs> Steamed onions are an
0: aphrodisiac, you know.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> cheeseburgers get the blood
0: flowing. <laughs> oh boy. Oh
1: man. Like I said though, I think this is deliberate on her part. Sure. The fact that this hasn't come up at all, I just, I don't, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much. And if you like this situation, and uh, you know you don't want this to end, just be, be a little careful and be prepared. You know to be okay with it. If she's like, I mean, hey, I thought you were into this situation too. You know, I just, I just kind of like the consistent sex, and I like you, but I'm not kind of into you that way. So yeah. just, just watch out. That's that's all I'm saying. It's a little, it's a little late in the game to to be bringing you know bringing this up, but you know it's it's not unheard of. Again, there's clearly some interest there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you nailed it again. I always do. <laughs>
1: I always do. I don't always do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> do, you I know, think we give. do you know you want to know? You fucking let's you fucking listen to me. You want to know something? What's up? We got time for one more, and it goes like this. Hell yeah. Thirty six M Partner on math and browsing gas escorts. We have a son together. I've refused to marry him until he's sober. He's been an addict since he was a teen. Our son is outgrowing our one Yeah, our son. Or no, refuse to marry our son until he's sober. Okay, okay. <laughs> but uh this dude, this thirty-six M partner, has been an addict since he was a teen. Our son is outgrowing our one bedroom apartment, so we looked at houses. Last week, I went through his phone, and a few escort sites were in his browser. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. While I was pregnant, a woman from Facebook messaged me and said that he had a dating profile and was talking to her. <laughs> months after I gave birth, I found messages between him and a mutual friend trying to meet up at a hotel for sex and drugs. That was dated two weeks after I gave birth. Poof. A few months ago, he was asking another mutual friend for bathing suit pics, and now this. I'm sober now, but I was a drunk when I met him and became pregnant. He says that I'm his white buffalo, which is something I'm going to have to look up. And I believe him. I think he loves me, but he is incapable of loving correctly. I want to leave him, but I keep making excuses for myself. I'm a S-H-A-M. Wow, there's so much shit to look up.
1: Wait, stay stay at home, Mom.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I got to look it up with Donovan. Uh, So I'm a stay-at-home mom with bipolar 2, and I use that as an excuse to not leave. I'm afraid to leave, and sometimes I'm extremely unhappy with staying. Can't imagine why. He constantly gropes me and gets frustrated when I'm not in the mood. Oh, God. I explain to him that he's hurt me multiple times, so sex is a sensitive issue. We close on the house Friday, and I'm probably going to tell him to move in without me, but it's all words and no action. I'll end up moving in with him and settling for less than a perfect life. I'm so stupid for wanting a family of three. I want a family with the same father. I want my kid to have a sober dad. I want my boyfriend slash unofficial husband to be loyal. I want these things so bad, and I don't want to be alone. The LDR husband on meth and micro cheating, house buying, not happy. Posted by coffee crazed mom. Yikes! Jesus
1: fucking Christ! Ugh. Where where do we even start with this? I. Think this is bad. This, this is, is so bad.
0: It's so bad. I think you have to. We have to start with the fucking. Uh, with with addiction, you can't like if you have somebody that is, that you're intimate with who has a severe addiction, uh, they can't like it's just not going to fucking work. <laughs> like no matter how much work you put into it, there's, you know, the the booze or the meth or the coke. It's always going to fucking come first. And you can't raise a child with somebody who is going to, you know, he could fucking abandon the kid to go do drugs. You don't fucking know he
1: also even if he's
0: around he's on meth all the time yeah great parenting you can't parenting. have
1: your dad just be fucking blitzed out on meth constantly yeah man especially if he's been using for a long time like amphetamine psychosis is a real fucking thing right? and just being high on meth in general does not make you fucking think straight and uh it certainly I assume would not make you a good father and you know you, you got sober here Good on you. Uh, you were fucked up too when you guys met. Like I, I I see how this can happen, but you got sober and yeah, good on you for that. Good on you for, you know, staying at home, taking care of your son, doing your best here. Um but you're you're all of your wants are not stupid, you know. You just want a fucking stable partner and father to your kid who's not fucking cranked out all the time and now you know, whacked out of his mind, trying to meet at hotels with like a mutual friend to get fucked and do meth and asking for nudes and stuff. Like, this is, this is just chaotic as hell. Yeah. And that's not going to stop until this dude stops using. Right. And, I mean, if he's been using this entire time, like, this, this could break at any point. Something fucking awful could happen yeah. if he hits full-on amphetamine psychosis and just starts going fucking crazy. Right. And he's being creepy to you and touching you. Like, I... I I get the sense that you feel trapped here, um, because if you're a stay-at-home mom, I assume somehow this guy is the breadwinner for the family. I mean, I I guess if you're all methed up, you you could probably get a lot of shit done. Um, And so you kind of fear the the lack of stability from having to break off of this and, and find somebody else and find a way to take care of your son but you have to fucking do this because this yep. is not stability yep. in any sense. And like I said, at it, it any fucking, any fucking day he could snap and the yep. psychosis could kick in and this is going to get so, so much worse. And so it's not going to get better until he fucking commits to stopping this or, you know, you take the fucking leap of faith and get out of there and find somebody else or find a way to take care of your son on your own, which is scary and terrible. And, you know, I, I know that's a scary thing to to have to go do when this is functionally kind of working in the meantime. Yeah. But fuck, man, you can't keep doing this.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so practical advice in the short term. Uh, you say you're sober now, but you were drunk when you met him. Uh, a lot of people who uh, have dealt with addiction uh, go the the recovery route. They go through, you know, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. That is an incredible support group full of people who are more generous than anyone deserves to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They'll fucking look after you. They'll find a place for you to stay. Um, I would recommend, even if you haven't been, get out to an AA meeting. Kind of re-up on your sobriety and uh, see if you can fucking meet somebody who can help you out. Because this, this is not the kind of thing that you can really fuck around with. This has to be dealt with, like, now. Like, you have to reach escape velocity with a fucking quickness.
1: Yeah, also, th- this is dangerous as fuck. And there's definitely support groups out there f- too for, for members, you know, families, um, you know, who have a, a parent or a partner who is an addict. Um, it, it, I guess, you know, you could maybe attempt to confront him on this and give him the, like, you either get clean or I'm gone moment, and if yeah. he really fucking loves you, I'm assuming this white buffalo term he's using is something along the lines of the one, you know? Yep, first love you, or you the gotta, one
0: that got away. That's a great white buffalo. There
1: guy. you go. You gotta you gotta put your foot down on this. But that being said, you know, that's, that's a lot of shit to deal with too. It might be, you know, you don't just go to recovery and get better immediately. He might be in and out of there. There's gonna be more instability here. Like, just in general, this is a dangerous ass environment for your son. I think that safest and smartest... But, you know, also a scary move here is just get the fuck out of there. Yep.
0: Fuck, dude. Man. Fuck, indeed. <laughs> Remember, so wait, okay, a little peek behind the curtain. <clears throat> we recorded with Lake uh, the other week, and uh, we recorded a final question that was incredibly terrifying and depressing. <laughs> then we decided yeah. that we would have to record another one. I think we got to figure out, like, when we're setting the order, we got to fucking... <laughs> put like any of the creepy shit as like question two so that we can move it on and have a palate cleanser because exactly because man i gotta tell y'all that our intro song is a song hanging on by the band (laughs) knower and that is immediately following please escape your meth addicted man (laughs) go to aa also enjoy the music of knower available at bandcamp.knower.com you know what i'm saying
1: there you go. Yeah, and while you're escaping this incredibly toxic and horrifying home situation, uh, you should check out our outro music, which is the song <laughs> Stephanie by The Hayfellows, a group of sweet, non-meth-addicted boys. <laughs> you can find them at Instagram.com slash The or you can look them up on Spotify. Don't type in meth.
0: Type in The Hayfellows. <laughs> hey it's three different words. Uh, oh, boy. Well, hey, thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> Love you guys uh sorry about the, the the fucking thing last week sorry we didn't have one last week it was a fucking uh like a tactical problem and you know donna was on his way to rue and we you know just couldn't fucking get it together it happens sometimes what do you want it's fucking free what do you want
1: <laughs> yeah but we're we're back with a vengeance and i promise you next week we won't on end we won't end on something so uh uh meth-y.
0: <laughs> all right thanks bye i love you
1: Arthur. Yeah. You want to go do some math? <laughs> <laughs> of a
0: bitch. <laughs>